Hey guys, welcome back to Cryptoholics uh, Season 2, the raw uncut edition, because uh, my internet provider is working on the lines. So yeah, my uh, my connection can't handle virtual backgrounds, so my apologies for the, the mess and terrible video quality, but welcome back. I mean, the audience at least can uh, get a glimpse of what's happening behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, and we are live on Twitter, so hopefully we get some people joining us over there. Uh, it's been a, been a weird week. What about you, man? Second episode of the year, and I, uh, I'm actually just waking up. Well, I woke up like an hour ago. But uh, I, I'm usually being, uh, so I, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day, some days uh, earlier, but yeah. um, some days I just don't have the energy to, uh, to stay awake through 9, 10, 11 p.m. And yesterday I, I went to bed around midnight, so now I can't, uh, sorry, I was echoing a little bit. Yeah, spaces. Okay, I'm there. So, okay, I requested, so yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I have a thing with carbs that like most people do, but I have it like uh, powered. <laughs> to the uh, 10th power. And then anytime I eat carbs, I get uh, tired as hell. So mm. today was one of those days. And I usually avoid carbs like at all because I, I get I get dull. So I just slept like two hours an hour ago. <laughs> Man, you know, every time I try to take a power nap, I end up uh, more tired because I sleep too long during my power nap. So I try to keep them like an hour at the most. Yeah, I think it's Otherwise, got something to do yeah. with the REM sleep, right? Yeah, which this horrendous connection makes me look like I'm just horrendously sleep deprived. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. See how fat I am? Like, I'm, I'm loving this new angle. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are... <laughs> we're trying this new angle thing because we just realized that most of the popular creators uh you know like in um like in tiktok and instagram stories and all that stuff they just they, they just do this and it works for them so i uh, we just figure out why not let's just try it out that way yeah and it'll look even better uh <laughs> next week because we'll have our backgrounds back maybe if my internet is is good enough which is crazy because I have the fastest internet connection that's offered uh, here, and it's 1.2 gigabytes per second, and it's shit. Like it's it's horrible. I don't get anywhere near that. Yeah, I I think I have like 200 megabytes per second download and 50 uh, upload, and I think that's a lot, or at least that was what that that's what the provider said. And I think I can host like a LAN party here, but even then, I have some issues every now and then. Yeah, uh, 200 megabytes connection—that should be more than enough. 
Uh, I mean, I shouldn't have any issues, but I do. So, you know. <laughs> anyway, enough about our internet problems. Uh, what do, what do we got on the agenda for today? I'm I'm sorry. I'm super tired. I've had a crazy uh, crazy day. Uh, well, I was just getting some numbers. This is actually the first time that I that I uh, pulled them from the Hive uh, SQL database, and apparently we are sitting at 360 users on Threads. So, oh, that's a lot. 360 is that uh like monthly active or daily active yeah. users my uh, well it, it it's monthly active users uh i don't have the uh, sql open right now but um i'm guessing that there's around 150 or something like that daily users and then we have all of these sporadic kind of content creators and that only takes threads into account so that's that's I think that's huge. That's, I mean, considering we're what uh, four months in, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty solid, and I think the, I think the initiative of um, you know commenting on on posts and you know directing people to threads, I think it's working. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, definitely seeing some new faces. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know what I I have no idea if people on hive will oh for anyone who doesn't know we are we have a new initiative where we are inviting people from hive who are not familiar with threads we're inviting them to come to uh, threads and start engaging maybe creating uh creating a top level thread or engaging in other people's threads and uh we are a team of around 20 people uh who are actively inviting other people and just encouraging them or maybe just letting them know that that threats exist because one of the things that I that we we realized is that even though we are making a lot of noise on Leo Finance and we have a lot of posts trending on Hive like a, as an overall platform the problem is that not a lot of people watch uh, will read or browse the trending and created uh, feeds so if you don't yeah. if they are not following you or they are not uh, actively trying to find new content they will not see that threads actually exist that's true that is very true and if we happen to have anyone listening that doesn't know what threads is uh it's a micro blogging platform built on hive uh, it runs on leo finance at the moment uh soon to be the front page of leo finance and uh yeah it's a great time Join us. Um, it's kind of like Twitter on the blockchain, and in my opinion, much much better. You own your content. Uh, you know, it's a good time. You can share whatever you want, not just finance-related stuff. Yeah, and I was just like, this is the best example of how <laughs> compartmentalized uh, Hive has become as a blogging platform. So I only uh, browse Hive on Leo Finance. Like I do a lot of things like claim rewards and all that stuff on Easency. I don't use Pikti. But the thing is, okay, so Hive is so compartmentalized that I hadn't hear, heard about this initiative. So apparently someone forked the Essency 
uh, front end and they are creating their own front end for the skate hive community and oh yeah i saw that yeah so this fork will be available for everyone and that means that every community can have its own front end the, all they need to do is uh get a privix um server for 10 bucks a, a month they need a domain and they can just fork the 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 new front end and they can have their own front end for their community so if you have hive garden for example you can go there and let's just say it's just hivegarden.app and they can go there and they can engage only on hive garden related content so mm. hive is about to get more compartmentalized now even more and it's already pretty pretty compartmentalized yeah there, there's there's no way to actually reach other people if you don't actively go to their community and start commenting there and we 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 just saw that happening with all the trending posts from community pages from polycob uh eight months ago from cob like nobody knows about what leo finance is if they just arrived to hive because nobody browses the leo finance community from pt or from easency if we have leo finance users it's because they browse the leo finance front end right so even though we are a community of i don't know what was the last number like 25 maybe 30k users daily uh, monthly users there's no way to reach out to all of them yeah that's true it's it's so crazy that there you know there's literally everything on hive and you would think that that would be a good thing but it's kind of to a fault uh that's why you have these different front ends and different communities spinning off their own because there's just sometimes too much like if you take a scroll through i don't know the all or the trending uh, on peak d you're gonna see every kind of yeah every kind of content you could imagine a lot and of spam I don't know, a lot of spam a lot of a lot of just you know single single photo posts and stuff like that um that's all great but i think a lot of that belongs on threads just because it fills up so much space on the top level feeds uh you know like posting stuff from dbuzz does those are still top level right yeah yeah exactly so you 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 send a tweet like you would on twitter on dbuzz and it's a top level hive post and to me that just looks it doesn't look good well i mean if you think about it well the way I see it, Peak D and Easency are flawed from the perspective or the approach that they are taking uh, to Hive, because they they like in the end they are showing everything. And okay, I mean it's good because because someone who's browsing uh, the created or, or the trending or whatever, they can access everything. But the thing is, people don't want that. They don't need that. There's not that. There's not a person who goes into Reddit and says, okay, show me everything. No. So you, like, you they just- your, You make your feed and that's it. Exactly. And, and I think, so once you start uh, following uh, hashtags or following communities, your Reddit fee will show you what you want to see. Uh, in my opinion, Pick D and Easency, uh, it, it's not that they're useless, 
because there will be a market for for those front ends but i think that that this new fork of of getting front ends uh, like communities to get their own front end is good and for example the the main issue is that many projects like important projects on hive are focused or their whole business model or working model works based on having this centralized platform that hosts all of the communities for example ocd <clears throat> the main well not the main but one of the problems they have with uh, leo finance well I, i wouldn't call it a problem it's just that discrepancy on views uh they think that leo finance is trying to well not trying the way they see it is leo finance gets users from PT and brings them into their own front end and that takes away activity from other communities or other uh, front ends but in the end this new feature of having uh, front ends for every community is going to do the same like people who only care about garden will never go back to PT again yeah <clears throat> so you're gonna have your people yeah yeah and that's That's an issue, actually. I I, I kind of agree with uh, OCD in the in the sense that that um, when you have a user that cares about let's and, and I'm just speaking about Hive Garden, but it's about everything. So when you have a foodie, for example, that cares yeah. about food, if you if you compartmentalize that and then you you have them go only to the foodies.app, then user discoverability and other topics will get kind of uh, forgotten for, for that user. Like there won't be any conversion uh, from other communities to try to get more traffic or a bigger audience from the main hub, which would be PT or Essency. So in a way, uh, front ends or communities can focus their growth with their own platform, but the overall hive leverage of being the hub for every type of content and topic, I think it will be trumped, you know? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I think with the, the proper outreach from, you know, from us on threads and that kind of thing, we'll, we'll help with that. Uh, I think it'll, it brings back the everything aspect, but it's not overwhelming because it's just 240 characters if you don't like it you just scroll past it and you just keep going uh and eventually you know there's going to be things like filtering and following and those other kinds of things that'll make your experience more your own um yeah so come to threads come hang out it's a fun time <laughs> and maybe you get an upvote from uh from one of us And uh, they're pretty hefty these days. Yeah. And I do think that, just, just to close that topic, I think that these new front ends are a good thing for threads. Because threads now becomes the, the bridge between communities. Yeah. You know? I agree. I think it's, I think it's definitely going to be the bridge. Yeah. Um, and it's something anyone can use. Exactly. Not everyone does thousand word articles or you know 600 words whatever but i keep saying that and it's it's so true people are uh 
short attention span. They want, you know, a few seconds and, you know, on to the next thing. Exactly. <laughs> and that but, way, I, I mean, I was just having a conversation with a person trying to get them into threats, like their whole community. And mm -hmm. I told him, if you're planning on having a front end, you can also use threats. Like you can encourage your users to come to threads and, and thread about their posts because they will be promoting their content, but at the same time, they will be promoting your platform because you, you will get clicks from them promoting your content. Yeah, they're gonna share their links from your front end on threads and they're gonna have people from all over the, the ecosystem, I would call it, uh, clicking on that link because I, I don't know about you, but I've noticed like the engagement on on threads is insane. Like I've got one right now that I think is up to like 25 comments yeah. uh, <laughs> from today. Uh, I've never posted anything that's gotten that many comments ever. And it was a simple question. Who remembers purple ketchup? That's a good topic. Yeah. Do you remember purple ketchup? Well, in Mexico, we were like, like this is the third world. So I, I don't think we ever had that. Like we only, okay. we, we never had Dr. Pepper. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is there an equivalent? Like a, like a... I don't think so. Huh. I mean, we have Coke and all that stuff, but but Dr. Pepper, and, and you you also have like flavors for Dr. Pepper, and Dr. Pepper did, yeah. didn't even come here. Like, so, um, I don't know if there's, like maybe it's a palette, palette, like some, like. Like the flavor palette, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know how Chinese people have like this Kit Kat uh, sushi flavored and all that stuff. So maybe our what palette, it's Hold not, up. yeah, exactly. Hold up. Pump the brakes. Yeah. Sushi flavored Kit Kats? What the fuck? Yeah, or, I mean, it, it, it's just like so weird. Like, seriously, when I went to Thailand three years ago, uh, we had to stop in China because there wasn't any any direct flights. And we went to the, uh, you know, like like the 7-Eleven in the, in the airport. I don't know the equivalent, the, the name. It was yeah, in Chinese. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, like they have this, uh, like all of these sort of weird flavors of like normal brands that you that you find in in the U.S. or in Mexico, but the flavors were like, what the fuck? This is, I I can't even remember, but it's like, you know, the green thing that you put into sushi to spice the, up the wasabi. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there, there is wasabi flavored Kit Kat. Wasabi is a strong flavor. It is, but it for is. for them it might be just just like like having tacos. Yeah, me. it's like you know the first time I really saw like a spicy candy, it kind of threw me off. But apparently in Mexico, like that's a big thing, is it not? Like yeah. spicy candy. Yeah, it is. And it, it is to a big me, thing. I, you know, I like spice, but candy is supposed to be like sweet and like you know, I don't know. I'm not knocking it. But it's yeah. just it's the, it's all about your flavor, all about your palate. Exactly. So what what is normal for you, it might be weird for us. So maybe Dr Pepper was too weird for the Mexican palate. I don't know, but yeah, it's weird. Uh, so for example, I have a lot of Argentinian friends and German friends. These the, these two are the ones that struck the, that struck me the most as as uh, culturally shocked. 
we drink beer in Mexico a lot, but our most asked for beer is one that like the one I was just drinking last uh, last week. So you have this uh, tomato flavored kind of Bloody Mary chaser and you mix yep. that with beer. And then if you're feeling adventurous, you add shrimp into that mix. And then you have a beer, like a beer soup or something like that. And everyone loves it. And when my Beers. German friend came here, he was like, why are you having soup? And my Argentinian friends hated it. But once they got used to the flavor, they were like, dude, this is the best creation ever. I like I like tomato flavor. I like Bloody Marys. But, you know, in the U.S., your, your typical Bloody Mary is like vodka or, you know, sometimes tequila. And then you have like olives and shit, and like celery. And then, yeah. you know, sometimes you go, you go overboard and they got the shrimp and sometimes bacon. Like they, they get really, <laughs> really gluttonous with it. Fucking bacon strips sticking out of your cocktail. I mean, it is the U.S., so you have to add bacon to everything, right? I mean, look at me. You, this is this is a prime prime example. I'm, this is why I'm so fat. There's bacon in everything. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, that was a, that's a fun topic right there. Yeah, but foods are crazy around the world. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's just like, for example, uh, food in Russia. Like, no, no offense, but food in Russia for a Mexican palate is just tasteless. Like Borscht, mm. Borscht is their uh, their most popular soup. And For... Borscht is like, a, that's like beet soup, isn't it? Is yeah. Something like that, beets? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was like drinking water. I was like, dude, why are you drinking, uh, like, like, why are you calling soup just some cold water with with some, some meat there? It was yeah, so no, no spice, nothing, no nope, flavoring, yeah. just... Uh, yeah. yeah, no We're, nothing. <laughs> gotta have the spice, man. Gotta have the spice. Exactly. But you know, I, I've heard like people from from like Australia and stuff like that. They can't handle the level of like the intensity of the flavor that that we do to food. Like, but they don't use much spice yeah. at all. Yeah. And I'm not talking about just like hot. I'm talking about like spice in general. Yeah, so just, that just flavor. <laughs> So you're eating just a plain old chicken breast and I'm over here with lemon pepper and, you know, everything else on it. Exactly. And I'm amazed how, how much, like, for example, and maybe we've been going on at this topic for a long time, but... It's a fun topic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah. chips in the US, like, they don't have any spice. Like, for you, it may. But for me, it was like... Whenever I go to, 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 to the US, I'm like, dude, I crave some spiced chips, you know, like like hot spiced chips. And in yeah. Mexico, like 50% of them are spiced. And there's usually an ad campaign about any, like, I think we have a Lay's uh, equivalent here from, but that's from Coca-Cola or from Pepsi. I don't know. But the really? thing is, yeah. So they are like Coca-Cola and Pepsi are the biggest uh, suppliers of, of um, soda and chips. But in here, there's always this new brand of, of the same company that says, okay, we have Doritos, but now it is guacamole flavored. And now we have like hot sauce flavored. 
and now we have uh, like the ultimate spiced flavor. Like there's all there's always a brand of chips trying to outdo the last one because we we crave more spice. I mean, the U.S. It's what's not like your that. favorite? Uh, what's your favorite spicy chip? Oh, it's called in in here. It's Diablo, uh, which means yeah. devil. So it's just yeah. this orange orange Doritos that uh, that the like. I don't think like I don't know how much spice you you eat, but I like spice. You, I, I think my my regular tolerance level is gonna be like habanero. I can okay. eat. I can eat hotter stuff, but I think that's like my baseline. Oh, okay, okay. Alfredo's not hot at all. You know, that's that's kind of like my baseline. Yeah. Okay. But it, but yeah, it's it's just like a very very spicy uh, brand here. Well, not brand. Uh, I don't know the word, but yeah. So it's just that's the normal for me. So having just the plain lace kind of uh, chips, yeah. it's just like for me, it's nothing i i think i have never bought the yellow lace in here the, the plain, yeah no <laughs> that's interesting a lot of spicy stuff yeah i love spicy food uh not like melt your face spicy but i, I like a like a good spice it just adds like a whole another level to to whatever you're eating yeah uh like flaming hot cheetos are really good Fli flaming hot. hots are the purple ones right uh yeah it's a, they're red they're all you know the oh. chips are red yeah okay, yeah yeah i think they come in the yeah and then they have the the i think they're called takis those yeah. are pretty those are good too yeah takis are probably my top three are in my top three yeah but see yeah, that's the so. thing threads can can uh power these kind of conversations on chain and you can actually have yeah. people reply to you and you have 25 comments like for people yeah. to read a long form post and then reply that's too much work for them it's a lot of effort you you don't realize it until you start using something like threads but then you for me it's it's totally changed my my dynamic like i read a you know, five to six hundred word post and then i'm like now i have to write a response that's like meaningful instead of saying like nice or yeah. like <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm spamming if I just write nice. Yeah. Or, Thanks for sharing the the typical response. Uh, but on threads, I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I respond and just say TM. I mean, and it's not even related. <laughs> I don't want to be a boss killer, but threads might be a long form content killer. Like it only for be. niche. Like for example, if. I'm thinking of this author, I'm not going to mention it, but he writes a long form post twice a day. It's not a Leo Finance user. Uh, and he always leaves like like a paragraph uh, worth of, of replies on every reply he gets and all that stuff. I don't know how people do that. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I can't. I don't know. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's okay. But... <laughs> Yeah, for example, a travel blogger will always make long-form uh, posts. Uh, so what I was thinking was, and this, this is an idea that I don't think it's going to be possible because of architecture uh, stuff. But at one point, and I don't know if I share this with you, but if we were able to, to make every long-form post 
use a tag and then make that tag be a be a container on threads and then everyone who shares their post on threads like with a with just with just a, a description or something then anyone who replies there also gets replies on the long form post and vice versa so anyone who replies mm, yeah so so it it's a way to make long form posts have replies have engagement by using threads but without having to have all this huge conversation in the comment section which is eventually going to die because okay if you are a travel blogger okay people will see it people will comment but if you're like an overall like not overall like a general uh kind of writer like people are just going to stop going to your posts you know yeah i mean i i hate to say it but i i rarely comment on like top level like long form posts anymore i i rarely comment just because i'm on threads if i find a cool post i comment on the thread about it if i go to it and find you know something i like i'll write a comment but that's really the only time i ever comment on long form posts now that i think about it which i guess burn me burn me at the stake for that but <laughs> you know that's just it's how my habits of using hive have changed because now we have a new dynamic and unfortunately the the old the old school users the ogs the boomers they're gonna have to eventually start using the short form because like you say the replies on the long form are gonna slowly die out yeah uh maybe that's an unpopular opinion maybe it's a hot take we do those here it hot is a hot take. take a lot of people we will get I think it's, yeah we'll 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 stop having an audience once short form content overtakes because i would rather just read about the post and then reply to the thread where i don't feel any any stress or obligation to ramble for three paragraphs i can just yeah, reply in 240 characters i don't have it in me to write a paragraph response to a post anymore you know i i used to but these days nah yeah i'll respond to the thread before i will so yeah architecture wise it sounds very complicated if not impossible but i don't want to say it's impossible because we got some wizards here yeah uh, and some pretty powerful devs um but yeah that would be really cool if you could um if you could like you say reply to the thread and then it shows up on the post as a reply from threads or something like that this was you know replied from threads or yeah you know, something with a back to it um yeah yeah and the front end quars are going to start very soon yeah hot take wars. yeah it's true though it's true yeah in the end when end when uh, community founders realize they can monetize ads by uh bringing people to their front end but it's going to get very uh aggressive very aggressive Especially because Hive hasn't gone mainstream, so there's a limited amount of users uh, we already have. 
what these frontends will have to do is go do outreach and bring outside people to the front end. Yeah, for sure. Which will be good for the Hive blockchain in the end, right? Because we will have more users. Maybe they won't know that Hive is such a big ecosystem. It will depend on the community leaders to let them know. But it's still good. We'll get more more users. Yeah. And not to completely shift the topic, but you know, I'm drinking coffee out of my Rick and Morty mug. Um, oh. And we got some really we got some really sad news about Rick and Morty just recently. Uh, did you hear about it? I I I heard something about it, and I don't want to get political, so I will let you do the talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna get into the details of it. I don't, you know, hot takes are fine, but I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Justin Roiland is no longer uh, the voice actor for a lot of the characters on Rick and Morty, and for me, I immediately was like, the show is dead. It's dead. It's gonna slowly die, because not not because Justin Roiland was the writer. Like he hasn't written for the show in a number of years. He's he's the actor. He he does the voices of Rick, Morty, and a ton of other characters. And Dan Harmon is the writer. So I don't know that the the writing will change much, but they're gonna have to find a damn good voice actor to not get backlash from the community. Uh. And I think even then, like, who can do that, that dynamic of a, a voice acting? I, I can't think of, I mean, there's some good voice actors out there, but that guy is incredibly talented. You know, I don't want to speak on what he did or allegations or whatever, because that it gets a little political, but I don't condone it. Uh, I, I am sad to see him not part of Rick and Morty, but the show will continue. So we will see. Yeah. And I was just reading a meme, well, not a meme, a uh, possible scenario that how are they going to support, well, uh, to, uh, I don't know the word, enable that change of voice. And it was this 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 uh, scenario that, uh, yo, Rick, Rick, something happened to my voice. What happened? And Rick is like, oh, yeah, what? I was doing some experimenting with the gravitational forces and the ecosystem and I changed everyone's voices. And then Rick is going to yeah. be fine because his love affair uh, likes the new voice and then he doesn't have a problem and nobody notices. But, but uh, yeah, you know, Rick knows and Rick caused that because he wanted to harvest uh, something, some, some kind of fruit that this advanced yeah. technologically alien forest wants and they cannot harvest in their own home planet or something like that. And it, I mean, they will come up with something. The writers are good, but they do yeah. have to come up with a good voice actor. They're in an advantage, though, because the show is already, like, extremely meta. Like, you know, the characters are extremely self-aware. They know they're in a show. You know, it's yeah. it's extremely meta. And then also, it's multidimensional. So maybe Rick C-137 dies and, you know, he's replaced by another Rick. Yeah. You know, we've already seen a shit ton of other Ricks, so... I don't know how they'll pull it, but they have an advantage because there's already different versions of the characters in all sorts of weird, wacky ways. So, I love the show. Hate that it happened. I hope that it doesn't 
slowly die, but I have a feeling it, it will because there's so many people are so attached to that that personality, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I have and no idea points. if The Simpsons uh, in the U.S. changed voice anytime, but in Mexico, The Simpsons got a new voice actors and the the show just plummeted. And they yeah. had to get the get the old one. It, it, it was Homer's voice, I, I think. Uh, there were some issues, or he wanted some Homer's money. Voice. Huh? You can't change Homer's voice. Come on. Yeah, exactly. But they did, because in Mexico, voice actors are like they have a very shitty pay. So he wanted mm. more money, and they didn't give it to him. So they changed it. And the backlash was so big. They, that they went back, they offered him more money, and he said yes because, of course, he needs it. So, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm a huge fan, and I just hope it doesn't die. But I, it's up to the it's up to the fans, and hopefully, they can pull it off in a way that doesn't piss people off. Because you already know. There's some people that are pissed off already. Already, I mean, the reasons people are really are... gonna be pissed when that when that first episode drops of season seven, and it's just like completely different. Yeah, and it all reminds me uh, about the uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard issue. <laughs> Amber Turd. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just gonna make a comment on that. I don't want. I'm not gonna get yeah. more into it. But I just yeah. think that. Uh, show producers and company CEOs and owners and all that stuff, founders, whatever. I think they should be more responsible on how they make decisions before the facts are um, clarified. Yeah. Because they absolutely should see that everything is, you know, it's all allegations. Exactly. Point. You know, they, they, they really should stand to without getting political yeah uh, they they really should stand to see the outcome and see what uh the powers that be decide is the truth and that kind of thing before they make any kind of crazy decisions yeah and if news outlets are legally obligated or obliged to to say allegedly until it's proven then i do think that companies should be legally uh enforced to not make any decisions for some allegations not for facts so yeah i think so too i think so too allegations are allegations and until they're proven one way or the other they are what they are so, yeah. yeah i was just reading well i'm not gonna lie i follow chess very close and this week and i, I just wanted to share this with you uh you know i've, I've mentioned before magnus carlson and all the all the um, uh, defamation the lawsuit. Drama. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's a top player. He's the GOAT. There's no argument there. And For sure. this week he lost twice in a row. Like, not on a Blitz online uh, game or anything. Like, he lost over the board in classical chess twice in a row. So that means he's lost now this year more matches than on any other year since 2013 or something like that so he 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 didn't lose more than once every year 
for eight years, and this time he lost twice in the same tournament. Wow. So the whole... Why do you think... Go ahead. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, I, I, I saw the match recaps, both of them. And it's obviously, well, a lot of people will say, oh, his time is done and all and whatever, but he already recovered. He won four of the five uh, next matches and he's currently, like he was the, on 10th place in the tournament and now he's competing for winning the tournament now and it's three rounds left, so he might as well do it. So he shot a, he shot a lot of mouths, but a lot of people were, were saying that he's not uh, the GOAT anymore or he's not on his top level, whatever. But those who know chess, they they can see that... And I'm not saying I, I know chess, but I do know how to analyze it. He was taking a lot of risks and he was doing that for a long time now. So it was bound to happen at some point. So instead of playing safe or solid or he's uh, like playing to win, he was playing to have fun. and people uh, took advantage of that and, and, and made bank <clears throat> on that. So that I, I think it's good because that means he's not on a different level where he can just uh, shit talk people and he can just like do whatever he wants on the board and he will still win. So I think it's good. I, I think it's good that he lost but I also think it's good that he recovered from those losses and he started playing his at, at his best level without making fun of the because like in chess if you move something that everyone knows is a bad move and you do it on a classical match you're pretty much telling them dude i'm still gonna beat you and you're you're mm. you're you're trash yeah you know so it's it's good that he told them you're trash and they said wait a minute i'm not that trash <laughs> you know yeah yeah i like that uh, the whole the whole uh, cheating in the match thing that has that been settled or is it has not it been at all not at all and now I'm thinking that this was just a ploy I mean I'm I'm a conspiracy theorist so I love I love finding uh, things where they aren't <laughs> but. So chess has been exploding for the past three months since the uh, lawsuit allegations and all the like the, the defamation allegations thing. Uh, so for example, probably who knows? But what I do know is that Chess.com recently um, partnered with Magnus Carlsen with his own platform, and then they kind of merged. They're both like both of their platforms, and now Chess.com has grown from 10 million, uh, 7 million users to 10 million users, to a point where they need to upgrade their servers because they are they are clusterfucked. I noticed you were sharing some like a screenshot showing that it was like overloaded, and I was like, that's peculiar. Yeah, the biggest content creator on Chess grew from 2 million user uh, subscribers to 2,600,000 2, in 30 days. Man, hey, if it was a PR stunt, it fucking worked. Yeah, definitely did. <laughs> like, since the Queen's Gambit. Worked. Wow. That's wild. Uh, it's something that, that I don't know why it just popped into my head, but uh, 
maybe it was I was watching a video on it the other day. Uh, have you've heard about the crypto zoo thing? Um, no. Logan Paul's crypto project called Crypto Zoo. No idea what what that's about. What's... So Logan Paul's a serial scammer, as most people know, allegedly. Uh, and he started talking about this game, this this game he's been developing and putting a shit ton of money in. And basically, it's it's called Crypto Zoo, and you buy eggs and you hatch the eggs and you get animals, and those animals can be like bred together to make like you know new animals or some dumb shit. Uh, oh yeah, I think I saw something on Telegram in a group. Yeah, so you need the female and the male to breed. Yeah, so he did that. He sold out of eggs. He sold a bunch of the zoo token uh, and never produced the game. So, or, or there was some deal where the developer stole the code for the game or... Anyway, so basically a bunch of people lost a shit ton of money because they, they invested thinking there's going to be this play-to-earn game. And when you go on a, on your own podcast and you start talking about this game that you it's it's a fun game that makes you money was his his pitch, and uh, no game. A lot of people couldn't even hatch their eggs, um, you know. So I saw one guy put his life savings into it, which he's a fucking idiot for doing that. But still, <laughs> but still, yeah. you know, expected this game. Uh, that was gonna be fun and make him money, but instead there's no game and there's no money and he is broke now And he has to explain to his wife That he bought a bunch of JPEGs of eggs That you can't even do anything with <laughs> Oof. Like I'm sorry, honey, but uh, The kids are not going to college <laughs> Yeah, we lost everything on this stupid freaking game that this guy was supposedly Megan. So Coffeezilla, you watch Coffeezilla? No. So he's a he's a YouTuber that investigates like crypto scams and all kinds of different shit like that. Uh, he called him out, and he he made this video like explaining like the scam and where he featured people that got you know lost money on it. And um, so Logan responded, "Well, I'm just gonna sue you then." He went, he went on this big tirade. He's like, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm going to sue you. Uh, all this is false accusations, blah, 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 blah. And so he made like three response videos. And, you know, Coffeezilla is just kind of silent because he knows better. And then uh, apparently Logan Paul apologized to him and uh, for calling him a fraud and like a bad investigator or whatever. And then he decided that he's going to re refund the eggs that people bought for, I think it was like one eat. Uh, so it sounds good on paper, but the dude made like $8 million and he's offering a $1.3 million refund program. So, you know. Yeah. But then he said he's also going to produce the game. So oh, okay. we'll see what, we'll see what yeah so gonna refund everybody and still produce the game if it happens sounds like a good deal um, sounds like a good deal to me i hope he does it yeah i'm i'm just on in uh coffee uh channel i think i have something yeah. to watch tonight top tier like 
best investigative journalism <laughs> I think I've ever seen. Like he, he's extremely thorough, and it, it's, but it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and he he investigates like all kinds of scams. And he only does that uh, with uh, alleged scams. Like you cannot tell him, hey, would you assess this project? No, he like he does it with. I, I mean, he was working on he was working on the the crypto zoo thing for over a year before he released it. So it was definitely not something that was, you know, people were like, "This is a scam." This was just his idea. Like, okay, it looks like a scam. It, you know, acts like a scam. Odds are, it's probably a scam. So yeah, love his content. Highly recommend. Uh, and he talked he talked about. Uh, you know the Sam Bankman-Fried, FTX, all that shit. Super thorough. Like, I don't know how this dude gets the info he gets, but it's yeah. pretty incredible. Oh, and he predicted Speaking... the fallout of Genesis. Yep, he did. He did. Uh, it related to FTX, uh, the the now defunct one of the largest crypto exchanges in the world. Uh, FTX's legal team has called for Sam Bankman-Fried's family to answer questions under oath. There's an article on uh, Cointelegraph that I was reading a few minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, if I scam someone, my girlfriend is surely gonna know. Same on your end. So yeah, makes sense to how to want to. Yeah, for sure. Well, we don't do scams here. Fuck scammers. Uh... I mean, we we like all of this happens on Minecraft. Yeah, everything we do happens in Minecraft. Um, everything we talk about is in Minecraft. And uh, I think on that note, we'll call it a call it a day, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. I think we're sticking to Thursdays for now, so see you next Thursday. And uh, yeah, have an awesome day. Have a GM, no matter where you're at, when you're at, where you're at. <laughs> Yeah, and I think Thanks we have. I, I think we have to do something better for the marketing, so people know that we are live every Thursday. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get there. I think we gotta just basically every other day or so just send out a thread, something like that. But yeah, in due time, we'll get there. We'll be on Spotify soon. It's fine. <laughs> All right, guys. Nice. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. Alex. Yeah. All right, guys. See you, man. Later. <laughs>